And welcome to another episode of Straight Up Missing. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly. She's the blonde. Hey. As you might have guessed, Carly's coming at us with a straight up missing person. Today we're talking about Lola Catherine Fry, maiden name Coleman. She was 28 years old when she went missing from Greenwood, Indiana. She was last seen November 14th, 1993, leaving Greenwood in her car. A red and black 1990 Mitsubishi Eclipse. Throwback. I the thought they were the. They were the coolest. They were the shit. Have. She had a 1991. Okay, so cool. And she also had a personalized license plate of Lola. She was really doing it. Lola um, that day had been planning to travel to Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is about 20 miles or 30 minutes away. Um, she did not make it to Fort Wayne, and has never been seen or heard from again. Her car has also never been found, which again. We talk about this all the time too. It's just so insane. It has never been found. It has never been listed in a wreck or for spare parts or anything like in a salvage yard. So Lola was officially reported as missing on November 18th by her sister Laverne, who she had planned on living with in Fort Wayne. So she was planning on driving there to live with her sister. Never arrived. No calls. Nothing. 1993. So this is not cell phone time, you know. The day she went missing... Lola was scheduled to give her final deposition in a class action lawsuit against the Annapolis-based plastic surgeon. Lola had breast implants while she had worked as an exotic dancer at Brad's Gold Club and a club called PTs, though she had quit prior to her disappearance. So Lola and some of her fellow dancers had all sued the plastic surgeon along with the owner of Brad's Gold Club and a company called Dow Corning, a maker of the silicone gel implant. The plaintiffs had alleged malpractice and fraud, but after Lola disappeared, all of her colleagues dropped the lawsuit. Yeah, I would too. It is unknown, officially unknown, whether her disappearance had anything to do with the lawsuit. Along with the malpractice and fraud that Lola and her coworkers were claiming, there were many other lawsuits being filed around this time. Tons against Dow Corning and two other companies, Bristol Myers Squibb, and bioplasty and the reasons behind most of those allegations stating that the silicone gel leaked which would cause harm such as cancer autoimmune disease a whole bunch of other medical issues throughout the 1990s the plaintiffs would rake in millions of dollars so due to pressure from the fda dow corning would acknowledge that they had known for decades that silicone gel would seep out of the implants but they denied that it would cause any medical harm oh sure why, why not just you know <laughs> it's just, just gonna put, hang out in there yeah why fine. not by the end of 1992 all three of those companies had left the silicone breast implant business however the one account that we have of her actions on her last day that she was seen is also kind of weird so i'm really not sure exactly what happened to her so according to her ex-boyfriend a man named john Riker, the day of her disappearance lola had gone to a party at her hair stylist's home in East Indianapolis. And he stated that while she's at this party, she had overdosed on drugs. We don't know which. And she ended up losing consciousness. Lola was then allegedly wrapped up in a blanket, carried to Riker's car, and he drove her away from the party. But no one actually checked to see if she was alive. There was her ex-boyfriend, Riker, but he wasn't carrying her. There was two other males at the party who were carrying her wrapped up in the blanket to bring her to the car. And there were witnesses seeing all of this occur, but no one actually checked if she was alive or breathing or anything. Okay. So we're really not sure. (laughs) No. 
what? Okay. So mind you, like she's last seen leaving Greenwood to go to Fort Wayne, but obviously she had stopped, according to the ex-boyfriend, had stopped at the party en route to know. go move to Fort Wayne to be with her sister. It's only 30 minutes away. Like, I'm not really. But Riker states that he had driven Lola to his home, which was near Indiana 135 and Fairview Road that night after the party. And the next morning, he had left his home to go to work around 7 a.m., but returned an hour later. Do you go to work to come back an hour later? Whatever, that's weird, but sure. He returns an hour later and Lola and her car were gone. So he states that Lola's car was at his house, but they but he said that he drove her home in his car. Right, so, so how's her car there? How's her car there? How did it get there? That's a good catch, Carly. Okay. Because how, yeah, how's it going to get there? Now, granted, like, this is only based off of what he's telling law enforcement. We have nobody else's story here. Riker would allow police to search his home and his business, but there was no evidence found or signs of foul play. Um, However, he did fail to polygraph tests which I know we don't necessarily go off of mm-hmm. the result, but he failed twice, um, but he has not been charged with anything. However, in 1999, Lola's case would be reopened and authorities would get another warrant to search Riker's apartment in September of 2000, which is almost seven years after Lola's disappearance. However, it's unknown if anything of note was found. Like they haven't released information, whether they found anything or not. You would assume no, if they hadn't said right. anything, but law enforcement do believe foul play was involved in Lola's disappearance. And they say that they do have one suspect, but they will not identify this person to the public. Lola was very close with her parents and she had four sisters who she was also close with. They state that Lola was working on changing her life at the time of her disappearance. She had had quit her dancing jobs. She was moving to Fort Wayne and she was going back to school. Her father, Vernon, travels all over Indiana anytime a woman's body is found to see if it's Lola's. Her family fears that her past may have caught up with her somehow, but they state that they know that she would not have left on her own without any word to them. Lola is described as a Caucasian female who would be 56 at the time of this recording. She has brown hair, green eyes, is five foot five, and around 120 pounds. She had a couple nicknames. Um, she would go by either Cat or Kathy, aside from Lola. And like we said, she had breast implants, which is important because they would have serial numbers on them. Like we want, we would need those. Um, as well as a scar on her right knee and a small scar on her forehead. Anyone with any information regarding Lola's disappearance or her current whereabouts is encouraged to call the Indiana State Police at 317-232-8280. Okay, love you, Queenie. Bye. Bye. Listen to Straight Up Evil.